On today's show, we bring in the one of the two co-hosts of Locked on AHL Prospects, Heidi Kalakash, to discuss all things Florida Panthers and where they rank as far as NHL prospect pools. Your Locked on Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this bonus edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Roman Devilez from the Hockey News. If you can follow me on X at Monument12, follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to every day who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, ladies and gentlemen, grateful to be bringing you this episode today with one of the hosts of Locked On NHL Prospects, Heidi Kalakash, to discuss and focus more on the guys out in the farm who could be the future of the Florida Panthers. A little disclaimer as this recording was six days ago, so some of the numbers that we discussed for the players uh, might be a little outdated and not accurate, but it was accurate at the time. But, not, but the analysis on their some of these players projections are still something of quality when it comes to the content. So let's get into our conversation with myself and the host of locked on NHL prospects, Heidi Kalakash. And I am very pleased to be welcoming into this special bonus edition of the locked on Florida Panthers podcast here to discuss everything prospects related in the world of the cats he is one of the two co-hosts of Locked On NHL Prospects, Heidi Kalakash. And Heidi, great to have you on, on here and love listening to the show. So thank you for joining me. Of course. Thanks for having me. You guys have a great prospect pool. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because of the contention window that the Florida Panthers are in. Some might not think, might think that there wouldn't be too much emphasis on the on the AHL side of things with the focus on trying to win a championship. But with the Panthers and their contention window and focus there, I want to give you the floor on some opening statements that you on what you what on what you think of the state of the Panthers farm as prior to the season. You had the Panthers ranked 27th, you and Sebastian High um, going into the season. So I want to give you the floor for some opening statements on the farm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing that's really clear is the Panthers are really good with at, at making do with the picks that they have, especially in the later rounds. Um, I really, really like the addition of Grayson Sachin in the second round last year. Um, I thought it was like a top 20 prospect. So seeing him slip to the 60s and then get picked up by, by Florida, I mean, that's just a really tidy piece of work. And yeah, I mean, part of being a contender is you're going to sacrifice your future for your present. And you know, despite that, the Panthers have done really, really good, again, with the picks that they have. Um, picks in the sixth, seventh round that are looking really good in hindsight. Um, and we'll get into that more in detail. But yeah, it's, it's just been really impressive to watch them go about it. And the players that I thought needed to take a step up in order to make the Panthers better than the 27th ranked prospect pool in our rankings um, have taken a step up. So it, it's been really good. Yeah, and and with, with, with the you 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 think that with the Panthers, I mean, really, it was really 2022 for the Panthers that they really 
sold the sold the farm in order to to create their contention window but and it when you think about the, just the draft after uh mm -hmm. the the present trophy winning uh season their first draft pick there is uh Mer merrick alsher who we'll discuss more about in segment number two and then yeah. this one recently in uh grayson Sachin's second round pick and then and then now next year uh, their first pick will be a third third round pick and <laughs> I, I do want to discuss more about some of the recent picks for uh the panthers uh and you discuss more in your in your preseason uh in preseason rankings you spoke about and uh, gonna go. With, um, I'm gonna name three players. Um, you mentioned Dr Grayson Sachin, who loves, uh, who like is a front presence. You spoke about how the skating is is there for Grayson Sachin. Loves of uh, being in the net front. Traded to Edmonton Oil Kings uh, earlier this season. Um, who Justin sort of uh, played in a Memorial Cup with uh, a few seasons ago. Uh, yeah. Another one is uh, you mentioned Luke Luke Coughlin, uh, sixth pick um, uh, out of the queue. And also mentioned Albert Wickman, a recent draft pick for the Florida Panthers, who's playing in the SHL as, as well. Uh, for Alec Wickman, he's uh, gaps up early and guides play along the boards for, for him. Uh, great. Um, and for uh, Luke Coughlin, uh, Elite Prospects talks about fluid when going up in transition on breakouts and create, um, the, create um, some deception as far as that. Uh, what are you seeing as far as, the, as those guys as far as uh, recent uh, recent draft picks for the Panthers? I'd say Coughlin and Vickman are kind of par for for the course. They say Vickman hasn't taken the offensive step up that I thought he would. Um, he's still at 16 points in 32 games. I mean, uh, half a point a game in the J20 league and your draft plus one is a bit under the expectations. But given his draft position, it's it's to be expected. Um, you know, for, for, for Coughlin, there hasn't been much progression in his game, but I didn't expect there to be much progression in his draft plus one. I thought with Coughlin, you're talking about a long-term project who – Will develop mm -hmm. most of his um, most of his surrounding habits more at the AHL level. He's a player who can spend three, four years in the AHL, kind of marinate, and then hit the NHL in stride and kind of surprise a couple. I wouldn't be surprised to see that from him. Um, and with Merrick Alshire, you've just got an insanely dependable defenseman, and we saw that a lot at the World Juniors. Just a player who consistently makes good decisions defensively who consistently transitions the puck well i mean in simple ways he's not the type of player who's going to make a, a line breaking pass but he's able to just identify his first option and hit it quickly and defensively you know exactly what you're getting out of him he's the type of player that coaches love on defense it's just you know nothing flashy nothing outstanding really physical really simple defensive hockey and yeah overall i've been fairly impressed with alsher's development uh since last year because you know he he has improved in some ways his, his offensive elements like i said like his 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 transition game offensively his breakout game is passing that's become sort of a a staple of his game you know he's able to just throw a pass up the ice to the to the right options you know he, he will often hit just the simplest option but you'll occasionally see him throw deception and you know pretend he's gonna pass make a d to d pass and then throw it up the boards that kind of thing um it's still a work in progress but overall with all you don't want to develop him into a two-way force you know he's going to be a defensive defenseman the type of guy who's going to make stops at the right moment so yeah overall those three defensemen i'd say you know, I'd say Alsher is the one that's improved slightly the most. Um, Coughlin, about average, uh, par for the course. And with Vickman, like I said, I'm, I'm still waiting for that offensive step up. Um, but he's just so dependable along the boards. You know exactly where, you know, you know that play is going to die on his stick if he gets an opportunity to for it. So, yeah, I like those three guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I just think about just think about uh, Merrick Alsher and and even though no points in in this in seven games in with for Team Czechia bringing home bronze, one of one of the top three players that's chosen by the team as well. Uh, yeah. Just re- very responsible in the net front, plays above his size at six three as well and also when it comes to the transition game his ability to hide the puck as well um so that whenever whenever there is a four checker coming his way he's able to still still have his body positioning especially with his shoulder there to have possibly a backhand uh pass out of the zone as well so i think yeah. that's also a very impressive thing of merrick Alsher's game as well and the and great great thing for him uh he's playing he's now has a a a teammate with him now in Portland in the WHL in uh, Josh Davies, who a few years ago, I called him my prospect man crush uh, because I saw him two straight years in at D camp and is super physical. Play, another player who plays above his size earned himself an entry level deal. And he's going to play, be playing uh, with the Charlotte checkers uh, starting next year. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on Josh Davies because people in South Florida, the ones who really uh, look into the prospects, they love Josh Davies. Oh yeah, absolutely. He he is violent, and I love that for him. He's just, you know, all gas, no breaks, pretty much all game, throwing himself into boards, trying to like, you know, throw players, um, you know, into the bench every chance he gets when he's got a hit along the boards. Like he he loves the physical side of the game. Um, just you know, you look at his penalty minutes, and you know, I, I actually expected it to be more than just sixty-seven in thirty-five games. Even though sixty-seven is a lot in terms of penalty minutes, um, he loves to throw his weight around. He loves to, you know, occasionally drop the gloves and make himself known if a hit. You know, he 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 likes to police the game as well. But what's really impressed me with Josh Davis is, is the offensive step up that he's taken. He went from like half a point a game last year to now he's well over a point a game. He's at fifty-two in thirty-five games this year. Um, 30 goals among that. And Davies has always been a, a net front kind of tip in goal scorer who's able to also rip the puck from the half wall. But the half wall shots have been more frequent, more accurate, more, more powerful. And yeah, I, I'd say the one cons- the one constant with Davies in this game is power. Whatever he does, he does with power. Whether that's shooting, passing, hitting, fighting, you know, forechecking, everything he does is just all gas, no breaks. And those type of players are so easy to love. Um, I wouldn't expect him to become kind of a top six guy, but if you can have yeah. a player like that in your in your bottom six who just consistently brings energy to the game and consistently makes um makes the next line's job much easier, um, mm-hmm. coaches, teammates, everyone on his team is gonna love this kid. Um, and I think he can make the NHL. It's just you know, it'll be in a pretty limited role, that's for sure. Yeah, and and definitely and definitely someone who's gonna if you need him to be part of your four checking line, as far as like an identity, I think he definitely uh, fits that category as, as yeah. well. And uh, one person that he loves to talk about is Ryan Lomberg on the current uh, Panthers as well. So the games are very similar as far as uh, that, but we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about another Panthers player who, who participated in the world juniors uh, this, uh, this past tournament. And also uh, another college prospect who is up there as far as leading point getters in, in the NCAA. We're going to discuss that more on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. 
What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the price you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only. Available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment number two here on this Edition, bonus edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Here with Heidi Kalakash, uh, uh, one half of Locked On NHL prospects. And so, thankfully, thankfully for Sanders Vilmanis and Latvia, they avoided relegation during the 2024 World Junior Championship. Uh, and and unfortunately, I did not watch the exact game where he. He did score for Latvia. Uh, the sh- time was time was a little strange with my work schedule oh, and yeah. all that, but but with uh, with Latvia, him and him very c- controls the the puck as well, and and one a very dangerous wrister as well, and also another player along with Merrick Alsher, who was selected as the best three players from his uh, team as as well. So although they didn't get any medals uh, there during the twenty twenty four World Juniors. What what can you say about the 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 Sandus Vilmanis from the Sarnia thing? Yeah, I mean, you know that Lafia roster was um, wasn't the deepest. Uh, there mm-hmm. were really, I mean, it was him and Don's Luchmelis and Nils Venyanko. I'd say that were the three real standouts in this roster. Um, and with Vilmanis, you get a player who is just really good at um, playing down low. This is a player who really excels below the goal line, um, but also just below the dots as well. Just being able to protect pucks, being able to shield players, and um, you know, get his leg out uh, when he when he's driving around the net, trying to create some chances. Uh, like you mentioned, his wrister is really good, but I was also I was a lot more impressed with his playmaking upside. Um, the, the the intricate passing, the given goes, the uh, ability to identify open space, and you know, play area passes into space. Like for me, that's a that's a major sign of hockey sense. If a player is able to pass into an area for his teammate to skate into and pick up, is that he's able to anticipate really, really well. And anticipation is a big part of hockey sense. So, yeah, I think I think Will Lamas has has hockey sense in spades and uses it really well. He's not the most polished skater. He's not the most um, the most polished playmaker in terms of the different passes he's able to play. It really limits itself to just straight tape to tape or area passes. That's about what he's able to do playmaking wise. But um, I think the the vision on him, you know, if you compare that with you know hook passes and slip passes and a bit more variety in his passing arsenal, he can have a really really solid playmaker who can also rip the puck. Um, 
again, another player who I don't think is going to be a dependable top six player. And if he does play in the top six, it's in really small increments and well surrounded mm. as well, you know, on a two or three, two or three shift a game basis based on injuries, that kind of thing. But like, I see a lot more of, of that third line upside with Will Madison than I did in his draft year, which is, you know, it, it's a decent development in this game. And that move to North Bay, I think it's going to be really useful for him because he's going to be playing with um, with Cédric Guindon, who's a Habs prospect, who his his main his main, his main excellence is finding space off the puck. And if Will Madison can continuously find him in space, they're going to rack up a lot of points together. I don't know if they're playing together right now. I haven't watched the two games that he's played for North Bay, but... That development could be really, really good for his game if he can get some shifts alongside Gaindon and, and some of the other prospects that they have there. Um, he's much well, he's much better surrounded in North Bay than Sarnia, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, another player that uh, that is uh, that we saw signs of 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 just the his tenacity as well, as well, and another one that can drive to the net. And one one person that was is has championship experience for. Um, in him as far as the NCAA level now second in the NCAA in total points, uh, 18 goals, 15 assists, Jack Devine, who played with another Panthers uh, prospect who's currently with HL Charlotte and Mike Benning uh, winning a championship together in, in his, in Jack Devine's freshman year, very quiet guy. Doesn't really not really very stoic too, which is what I like from Jack Devine is the few times that I've spoken to him. But just the growth of his game. This is a seventh round pick I, for 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 the Panthers. So these are the other other guys that the Panthers uh, do need to hit. As far as they've gotten some picks and volumes, even though it hasn't been the early picks. But this is this is one that you're you're looking at and it's like championship experience, guy who gets to to the net and and it's it's resulting in 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 point production for the University of Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the University of Denver is a program I've been watching a lot this year, mainly because, you know, my job is to focus on the 2024 NHL draft eligibles or just draft eligibles every year in general. That's what I like to do. And that's what I do. Um, and luckily for me, I mean, Steve Booyam, who's a great 2024 NHL draft prospect on defense who played at the World Juniors for Team USA, plays on team uh, on Denver, uh, on Denver University. So I've gotten a lot of really good looks at Jack Devine and Every game, I just I just come away more and more impressed with the the upgrades in his game. I mean, this is a player who, in his draft year, I had 99th overall um, in 2022. So I was much higher than him than the seventh round, but still, I, I I could see some limitations in his game. He's a player with a great motor. Um, he's constantly pedal to the metal on the forecheck, on the back check, um, and just overall, he just overpowers players to the net. He loves to force his way into scoring situations and plays a bit of that power game for a 5'11", 180 pound player. That was mainly his limitation is that he's not the best skater. He's not the biggest. So driving the net consistently would have been an issue, but his skating has improved drastically. His mindset on in possession of the puck has changed a lot as well. He's the type of player who would never cut back. He would basically just drive the net every chance he got off the rush. And now you're seeing him cut back. You're seeing him lift his lift his chin and look for opportunities cross ice when he cuts back, and that added vision and that that new habit in his game has made it has made him so much of a more translatable playmaker. And that's the main thing that stands out in this game is you, you see a player who's willing to dish the puck, but he's also a really good goal scorer. He's got 18 goals in 22 games. He's a fantastic you know he can rip the puck like like few other in the NCAA and. 
overall, just I, I see some drastic improvements in his game, some some areas of his game that I did not really expect him to improve. I expected him to stay that kind of drive the net, you know, force turnovers on the forecheck type of guy and end up becoming kind of a third or fourth liner who can just do his job really well. Um, but now with with this with these improvements in specific areas of his game, I think there's a chance you're looking at a middle six power forward. You know, a, a middle six goal scorer playmaker who can kind of do a bit of everything on the forecheck, off the rush, on the cycle. And just overall have a really, really good impact on whatever line he, he he's on. I think he's going to be a complimentary player regardless. I don't think he's going to be the main play driver on his team. Um, but if you can get him next to those Anton Lindells and, you know, some of those, some of those higher end playmakers on the Florida Panthers you're you're laughing. Like this is a, this is a team that has the equipment to make him work, especially I, I'd say with Mackie Samuskevich long-term, mm-hmm. like that combination of skills would be really, really interesting to watch. Yeah. And, and, and possibly sometime in the future, if, he, if, if the ceiling is there, maybe someone who could be part of your power play too, as well, as yeah. far as that. And and for and for him to get the get the some time there sometime in the future, uh, f- for him as as well as as far as that. But uh, we're going to transition over to our third and final segment here on talking prospects with Heidi Halleck, Heidi Kakash here on the special edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So stick with us. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL postseason is now in the semifinal round with the conference championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions. And if you want to bet on all things NFL, you could do that all with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets. Win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live saving game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment number three here on this special bonus edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, discussing all things Panthers prospects and wanted to discuss more about the state of the farm, obviously for the Panthers, a little bit of news on uh, former second round pick. Evan Naus does have a lower body injuries. There's no uh, timeline for return. I actually spoke about that with uh, recently Jake Maurice, uh, the play-by-play voice of Everblades, uh, son of Paul Maurice. We spoke about a little bit about that yesterday. And Nathan, Nathan Steos was the ECHL All-Star representative for the Everblades, uh, Kelly Cup champion uh, too. Uh, but also, I want to discuss more about two, two guys: uh, Lucas Carlson for for the Panthers. Uh, was part of that of that trade that got rid of uh, the some some contracts for the Panthers back in the 2021 uh season as well. Brett Connolly is the one that uh comes to mind as 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 well uh, during that time. But been up and down with the with the lineup uh mostly mostly down these last two years was really a big impact for the Panthers in the Presence Trophy winning season, but uh as far as Lucas Carlson as far as future with the team and fit uh I don't think he's going to carry the same load that he's asked for with Jordy Kinnear down in Charlotte. So whenever I hear fans saying, call up Lucas Carlson, 
I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense. I'm just thinking that you're just not going to get those same amount of opportunities. And also there's a log jam at defense, but he is the AHL all-star uh, representative for the checkers. Uh, so just want to give your thoughts on him because he is, <laughs> he's up there as far as points, as far as, uh, as far as defense in the AHL and can really work a power play too in all situations. Yeah, I mean, this is a player with a, a powerful shot who can, you know, move the puck fairly well from the blue line. But overall, I mean, with players like these that have been bubble in each other for the longest time, I mean, he had one 40, 40 game season with Florida about two years ago. Um, mm. But outside of that, I mean, you're looking at a player who has consi- consistently struggled to get into that conversation. And at 26 years old, I'm just not sure where this is going to lead for him. This is a player who, yeah. you know, doesn't have much runway for improvement. And unless they bring in a development specialist who can work with him on the fine-tuned things that he struggled with. I, You know, I haven't watched much of Lucas Carlson, but from what I've heard, it's mainly defense. It's mainly the physical side of the game that isn't really up to par, right? So, you know, you're, you're looking at a player who excels in one specific role um who, who excels at, at doing a couple really good things but the thing with the nhl is you can be really really good at one thing but you need to at least be average in every single other element right you know it, it's it's okay to not be you know above average in everything um and excellent in one thing we see it work all the time for for players and i think of tyson berry who's just really really good at breaking out the puck and playing uh, on the on the power play but outside of that struggles pretty well um, I see, I see Lucas Carlson having a, you know, a bit of, a bit of that issue, but overblown a bit. Cause you're looking at a player who's really good at bombing pucks from the point. You're looking at a player who's really good at manning the power play. And like I said, just moving up for, at the offensive blue line. But, you know, from what I've seen, from what I saw from him like two years ago, this is a player who, you know, has his limitations and in mm-hmm. a team that's trying to contend like the Panthers, you can't really have those kinds of weak spots, you know, unless you have a really, really good partner for him on defense, a guy like Merrick Alsher in three, four years who can come in and play that dependable brand of hockey next to him. I, I don't know. I understand the hype. I understand the excitement when you see a, a, you know, a defenseman score 20 goals in 61 games last year. Like I get the excitement. I just, I, I show a bit of reservation just because I've seen this, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen the song before and it, it doesn't usually bode well for the player or the team playing him because they're having to compensate and throw players out there that basically play for him, play, play, you know, on behalf of him. And it, it takes energy and time away from the important thing on the ice, which is score a bunch of goals, which is what Florida needs to do. Right. So that's my yeah. thoughts on it, but I understand the excitement for sure. Absolutely. Uh, another one, and this is, uh, it's funny. Every time, every time Anthony Stolarz has one start where rebound control is an issue or in the case of Sunday, um, Monday afternoon's game against the Anaheim Ducks, which the, which the Panthers gave up a, a bunch of odd man rushes and forced Anthony Stolarz to be above his crease um, for goal scoring opportunities. Every time those, every time those type of games happen, which Stolarz has been great for the Panthers. There's always the conversation. When are the Panthers going to call up Spencer Knight? When are they going to bring him back in? And I'm just thinking about when Spencer Knight came in at 19 years old. I mean, you're think we're seeing this with Devin Levi right now with the with the Buffalo Sabres slash Rochester Americans, where we're we're seeing how the it, it takes the time for the goalies to get up to their game. And thankfully, with Spencer Knight, he was waivers exempt. Excuse me. Not um. He he was waivers exempt going into the season. Um. Yeah. So so going into that, I mean, 
2.59 GAA, 901 save percentage um, for, for the Checkers uh, this year. And for the Panthers, it's always been status quo as far as their goalie tandem with Stolarz and Bobrovsky as well. And also the point is that once the Bobrovsky contract does expire, and even if you were to extend there, his cap hit period won't be won't be anywhere near Bobrovsky. So that's the good news as far as that in development too. So yeah. what what have you seen as far as Spencer Knight's game uh, throughout his 22 games uh, in uh, in Charlotte? Yeah, so I see a player who's highly technical. Um, you know, his ability to, to to stay on his post and and to kind of stay on top of plays in terms of vision, in terms of awareness, in terms of where the puck is, really, really good. Um, this is a player who really, you know, has an inconsistency that has that has harmed him a lot in 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 the NHL. You know, in the NHL, the one thing that makes you an NHL starter is dependability, is being able mm-hmm. to give the same effort night in night out. I haven't seen that yet from Knight, but you know goaltenders are um are a crapshoot if i'm honest like they're just they're they're really hard to predict they're really hard to kind of break down and once you get the hang of it you still have some questions every time you watch a goalie um and for me knight has so many of the elements you look for in an nhl goaltender except the one which is consistency and you know i haven't even seen much consistency from him in the ahl this year so I think with goaltenders, the patient approach is the most important one. You need to be able to take a breather, take a step back and realize like, is the best route for his long-term development playing, you know, you know, second strength of Bobrovsky or Stolarz in the NHL right now, or is the best route for him to be getting as many minutes as possible in the AHL so that he can develop that consistency? Um, you can't develop consistency for playing one every five games. You yeah. can't. It's just not. It's not how it works. So, overall, I think this is the right idea with Knight. Um, just leave him in the AHL. Let him develop. Let him learn how to play night in, night out the same way. Um, and not to give up some of those bad goals. Some, you know, there are some goals that were allowed on him on the glove side, which I was just like, you should be saving that as a first round pick goaltender, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are the things that I think Knight will develop with time. And goaltenders often develop at 25, 26, 27, start having their best seasons. So I would not put it past Spencer Knight that he eventually becomes like the, the bona fide starter that he was touted to be in a draft year. I just think that, you know, from day one, it was clear that Knight was going to be a project that will take some time to hit the ceiling. Like maybe he hits that at 22, 23, and we're lucky, but the more likely approach is that Spencer Knight was going to become an elite, an elite goaltender at like 27. So I think that's still par for the course. Um, you know, he, he was, he's the same age as Cole Caulfield. Like he's really, really young. Um, but yeah, World I, junior I'm, teammate too. yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm really just, I'm expecting Spencer Knight to step it up in the next like three, four years. But if he doesn't step it up next year, it's not the end of the world. He's, he's still very, yeah. very young and goaltenders usually take more time. So I, I wouldn't be too worried if I'm, if I'm a Panthers fan. No, no doubt. And thankfully for the Panthers with the, with, we, we speak, we speak about rare, rare finds uh, for, for the Panthers. And one player is uh, Uvis Belinskis for the Panthers, found him in world championships uh, last year and earned himself a two-year extension for the Panthers uh, because OEL is likely going to be gone. We, we don't know who's going to be the odd man out as far as Montour or Forsman when they do hit free agency as well. So Uvis Belinskis has just been an, an incredible uh, find for the Panthers in the little games that we did see for him being sent down as well. Yeah. So that's a that's a 
that's one that I'm really um, high on as far as that. But I do want to give you the floor for some final statements here on maybe some under the radar prospects. Um, maybe it's guys who have played in World Juniors recently, like a Casper Puccio or Jakob Kaz as well, or even some of the goaltenders that even the Panthers drafted uh, late um, as far as that. So I want to give you the floor as far as um, some, maybe some under the radar that that we hadn't hit, have not hit on. Yeah, I mean, we haven't discussed Mackie Samuskevich, but I won't ca- count him in here as an under the radar prospect. I just really yeah. like this player. Um, lots of finesse, lots of pace, lots of skill. Um, I'm excited to see him kind of develop. I was higher on him than Matt Coronado in his draft year, which gives you an mm-hmm. idea. Like they were drafted uh, really differently. I think Coronado's like a top 15 pick, and Samuskevich was in the 20s. So, but yeah, I was a bigger fan of Samuskevich's than Coronado, and I still stand by that. And I'm hoping he proves me right soon because both of them are looking really good. Um, outside of that, uh, we mentioned Luke Coughlin. I've always always been a big fan of his, but. Um, you know, in terms of options here, in, in terms of uh, players that are that are kind of going under the radar, I don't say anyone in this, in these ranking in, in this prospect pool is really going under the radar properly. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Jakob Ko should be in here. Um, he's playing pro hockey this year, but nothing really, you know, to blow you away. Um, you know, his play in the Czech Pro League has been decent. Um, and I've always been a big fan of. Uh, I've always been a big fan of. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name. He plays for the North Bay Battalion. I had him a second ago. Uh, Nathan, no, um, Liam Armsby. Liam Armsby is a big oh, player. Seventh there. round pick from a few years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. But- and like I said, the Panthers are so good just picking these decent players in their last picks and players that are going to be, you know, bottom six options more likely than not. But if you get an NHL out of seventh round pick, you're, you're laughing. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. great value. Like seventh round pick probably have like a five to 10% chance of getting you an NHL or and the fact that the Panthers are able to do it consistently is, I mean, kudos to their scouting department. No doubt, and uh, credit to them. This is official, this is more, more transitioning over to Bill Zito's team and what he's built together. Uh, dra- drafting Mackie, dra- um, drafting Justin Sportif, who who I saw uh, in uh, in uh, prospect rookie showcase as well, playing all situations, tough uh, tough skater as well, in your face, just like a Josh Davies as well. So those are we're slowly. B- Seeing that this is Bill, Bill Zito's, uh, what what he's built as far as that, with the limited resources that that he's he's had as as far as that as far as that when it when it comes to just trying to still like like we harped on at the at the beginning of the show, still trying to contend while still trying to develop because we see that the, that the team up in the Gulf Coast in the Tampa Bay Lightning they they uh, they have done that as well with uh, their their system in uh, Syracuse and even in the East HL with the Orlando Solar Bears uh, too. Uh, so Heidi, I want to thank you so much for joining me on, on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, any final word before we get out of here or if, if not, uh, plug your stuff, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, you can find my stuff uh, over at, on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, my handle's right below my face. It's Hattie K underscore scouting. Um, and if, you know, it's a one-stop shop. So everything you want to look at in terms of what I do is there. Articles, videos, podcast episodes, all that goes on Twitter. It's a one-stop shop. Otherwise, um, wherever you find this podcast, you can find mine. Uh, Locked on NHL Prospects on YouTube, um, on Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your audio podcast as well. Um, and on Twitter as well, LO underscore NHL Prospects. So give us a follow and uh, keep along as we talk about the 2024 NHL draft. It's a great draft. Awesome. Awesome, Heidi. Thank you so much and hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Take care.
And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you're notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey of Livingstone and Steer Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armand with Heidi Kalakash. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.